The NHL preseason gets underway this weekend, and we have it covered. Plus, we have injury updates and the retirement of three big-time defensemen. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Gil Martin. You can find me on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And with me is Rachel Donner. You can find her on Twitter at Miriam. And I wanted to say today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Rachel, hockey is back this weekend. I, for one, am excited at the prospect of preseason hockey. Yes, I know it's only preseason, but I will be going to the rink on Saturday to see the Flyers' first preseason game, which should be an adventure, I got to say. But uh, it'll be good to be back up in the press box and uh, taking in all of the action. Yeah, definitely something to look forward to. And before we get to the preseason, and we'll talk about some of the games and, and matchups that are on the table. But let's start with some contract news. Uh, last week, we talked about Nathan McKinnon. There were rumors that, you know, he was in negotiations and very close to signing a contract. Well, guess what? He signed it. And McKinnon, eight years, $100.8 million. He is now the highest paid player in national hockey league history your thoughts about this uh, like gargantuan deal for nathan mckinnon well it's certainly well deserved and uh, it's exactly double what he will be making for this last year of his contract of course it'll kick in starting next season so he's locked up for nine years with the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, we had talked about whether or not he deserved to get paid more than Connor McDavid and went back and forth. And I will happily admit to being wrong. I do that all the time when I am wrong. And I said that it wouldn't surpass Connor McDavid's salary and bonuses, but there would be performance incentives that would push him over the top and nope he just got that full agreement so that he makes more than Connor McDavid and and one of the arguments we made for him making more of course was that he got that Stanley Cup and that that is a huge margin of difference that even with everything that Connor McDavid has been able to accomplish as an individual the team hasn't gotten there and McKinnon kind of took that team on his back to some degree. Of course, it's a team sport. Of course, it depends on everything around you. And unfortunately, the Oilers have not provided enough around Connor McDavid to win that cup, I think. But 
I think that it, when you can negotiate that kind of salary, you take advantage of it. Now we'll see what happens with Austin Matthews. Yeah. Next year, I think, you know, and, we could be seeing that this record go away pretty quickly. And, and I think we will. And I think that's part of it. You know, um, it's the, the highest contract doesn't always go to the best player. It goes to the superstar whose contract expires next. And mm -hmm. that's why you, you could argue probably pretty effectively that if you had to have one player to start a team around, you'd rather have Connor McDavid than McKinnon. But at the same time, it's McKinnon whose contract was up now. And like you said, you know, the next superstar whose contract is up will probably eclipse McKinnon and they'll keep leapfrogging each other. So timing very often is, is a big part of who the highest paid player in the league is going to be. Yep, timing and a good agent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it didn't hurt that he still has one year left on that contract now. And and obviously with the Avs winning the Stanley Cup this past year, they're still in that window to potentially win another one. And so to have sort of one bonus year with McKinnon at that lower salary, and so they're not going to run into the cap issues that come with it, you know, for another year. So they could potentially repeat. Uh, in in this current level of pay. So I think it's a great job done by the Avs. It's a great job done by McKinnon and his team. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens this season, but yeah. uh, good on him. A absolutely. Now, because training camps have opened around the league, injuries becoming a thing again, unfortunately, part of hockey, not a part we like, but some Tough news out of Edmonton, Mike Smith uh, failing his physical and going on the long-term IR. And look, he's 40 years old. He's going to be on LTIR before the season even gets started. Sadly, the question has to be asked, have we seen the last of Mike Smith in the NHL? You know, it's entirely possible, I think, that that happens. I mean, it, it's a real quandary. I think the, the Oilers have just, I think, made some terrible decisions in the goaltending department, and Mike Smith is a part of that. But, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just he's one of those guys that you just sort of expected to stick around and claw his way back onto a team somehow and not really fade away. So I would be surprised if he didn't at least try. Yeah. Yeah. And look, he was fairly effective last year, a nine fifteen save percentage, 16, nine and two record with a team that is not known for its stout defense in the Edmonton Oilers. So, you know, he could still get the job done if, he can get healthy again, but, uh, you know, not nice to hear that, you know, he, he may be gone. Now, it does save them $2.2 million against the salary cap. They're also going to save six point three because Oscar Clefbaum is, is out for the year. But, you know, that's not how you want to save money against the cap. You want to you want to add talent, not have that talent go away. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. And it's just, uh, yeah, these uh, camp physicals always you got to like keep your fingers crossed and uh, say whatever prayers that you 
wood on the side to make sure that your team is in good shape to start the season. And then the disappointment can begin, but it's rough when it, it comes out straight out of the gate, you know? It, it is. Now, there's, Smith is not the only injury news we have. Here we are, like, what, a day or two into training camp. Who are some of the other injuries that, that we're dealing with already? Um, both of them somewhat Flyers related. <laughs> um, Nolan Patrick is out for the season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, the former Flyers right. number two overall draft pick that uh, he got traded via Nashville to there's always this Nashville connection in there, too, but via Nashville to Vegas. And uh, so he's apparently going to be out for the season, which uh, I just feel so bad for this kid because people are going to characterize him as a bust when really nobody could have predicted his migraine disorder. And he's just had a run of bad luck and has not really had an opportunity to prove who he is as a hockey player. And I think that's a little unfair, but um, certainly disappointing for him and disappointing for Vegas. And then from Nashville, as part of that original deal, uh, Ryan Ellis, who had played exactly four games for the Philadelphia Flyers, it looks like he could be out for this entire season again. And, you know, his career is in jeopardy at this point because he's got multiple things going on injury-wise that we just don't know if he'll ever make it back out there. But it's looking extremely unlikely that he will make it back onto the ice this season. And that really just puts uh, Tony D'Angelo in the top pairing for the Flyers, which... Uh, with Ivan Provorov, and uh, it, that will be an interesting combination to watch. Yeah, to say the least. Well, we have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We've got three very well-known defensemen hanging up their skates. We'll talk about that, and we'll take a look at this weekend's preseason action. But first, want to talk to you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in, check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing and golf, and preseason hockey, which we know starts this weekend. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So three big time, well-known all-star defensemen hanging up their skates in PK Subban, Zdeno Chara, and Keith Yandel. Let's start with P.K. Subban. He's the youngest of the bunch, only 33 years old. And uh, basically, after playing the last three seasons with the New Jersey Devils, he is uh, going to retire. Were you surprised by this decision? Yes and no. I think that you know, his play has definitely diminished over the last couple of years. And I think that, you know, while he, he had five goals, 17 assists this past season for the Devils, but that's just like not who he was. And 
in years past, especially when he was with Montreal, he, you know, was always in the conversation for the hardest shot competition in the all-star game. And he just one of those guys that when you saw him on the blue line, you got really nervous about, and, and that just changed. I think he just really didn't have like the defensive skills, right? He still could move the puck, but he was just getting beat all the time just as a regular run of play defenseman. And so I think that, you know, he has so many opportunities doing other things that maybe he just decided it was time. I mean, he spent a lot of time in the broadcast booth when, you know, the devils have been out of the playoffs and he has a lot of charity work that he does. And so I really honestly look forward to what his next chapter is. I do as well. 834 career games, 115 goals, 467 points. And, uh, you know, his best season coming with the Habs back in 2014, 2015, when he totaled 60 points. So uh, P.K. Subban, a, a trailblazer, a very good defenseman with, as you mentioned, an excellent shot making the decision to hang up his skates. Then we have Keith Yandel. Yandel, uh, 36 years old now, the Boston, Massachusetts native, spent last year with your Philadelphia Flyers. Your thoughts on Yandel hanging it up after playing with the Coyotes, Rangers, Panthers, and Flyers? Yeah, Keith Yandel is an absolute legend and a tremendous guy. I think, you know, when you when you talk about the guy that just sort of keeps his head down and plays hard night in and night out, Keith Yandel is a, a great example of that kind of guy. And really, again, his skills just waned over the past couple of years. He's really slow. Um, and it was, I think, for the Panthers and the Flyers, something where they were keeping that Ironman streak going for him and just giving him that opportunity to finish that out. But he honestly, for most of this past season with the Flyers, was not an NHL caliber defenseman. And it was kind of brutal <laughs> having him out there. And yeah. I think Panthers fans would would say something similar about his last year there. You look at the numbers and, and the one that just – you know, stands out to me, the minus 47. Now we know the Flyers struggled last year in general, but I'm sure that minus 47 was near the bottom of even the Flyers plus minus numbers last season. Yeah, it, it was, it was real bad. And uh, I think, you know, people got mad when they finally sat him after the Ironman streak and it was, it was long overdue and they were, they had done him a favor by signing him to begin with and allowing him to get to that Iron Man, which is probably going to get broken by Phil Kessel probably. this year. But uh, he'll have had it for a short period of time, and uh, I think that'll be good enough. And it doesn't diminish how well he played prior to that, and his career in Arizona especially um, was one of the toughest guys to play against for a very long time. Yeah, no. When he was on his game, he was very, very impressive. 1,109 career NHL games, 103 goals, 619 points. And, you know, I'm a little surprised, only 58 postseason games. He didn't always play for great teams. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, as, as well as he played in Arizona, they they did not 
have great teams for a lot of the time he was there. No question. And then the third player making the decision to hang up his skates, Zdeno Chara, uh, the oldest of the bunch, 45 years old. Uh, and uh, in my mind, anyway, uh, almost certainly a first or at the very latest second ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I mean, 1,680 games played alone, uh, a captain of a Stanley Cup winning team, a multiple time all star. Uh, and what can you say about a guy who is 6'9, 250 pounds? I mean, that's a, a unique tool set, and he was mobile despite that size because a lot of the time someone that big can't get around on the ice yeah he uh i'm actually really happy for him that he is doing that one day contract thing with boston so he can retire a bruin i think that makes the most sense for him and you know that's where he had his greatest games and uh, I, while that Stanley Cup run for the Bruins was personally very painful to experience, I think that uh, for him, it, it was just like well-deserved, honestly. I think that uh, he used his size, to your point, really, really effectively that, you know, for a lot of guys that tall, they wouldn't be able to hold it together and people could skate around him. But nope, he was just a real solid presence on the blue line. Yeah. Hard to get around him. Even this past year when his, mm -hmm. you know, speed wasn't there, he's still a big guy. That reach, that long reach could still disrupt a play. 1,680 games. I mean, that's uh, unbelievable. 209 goals, 680 points, and then 200 playoff games. That's two and a half more seasons of hockey in the postseason, a Norris Trophy, a Stanley Cup, a Marc Messier Leadership Award. And as I said, next stop for the native of Slovakia will be the Hockey Hall of Fame. We have I got wonder oh, um, how many sticks he broke in his career. <laughs> his Those or custom the sticks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably a little bit of both to be, to be yeah. honest. But uh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, broke into the NHL back in 19... <laughs> excuse <coughs> excuse me back in 1997 uh when a lot of the players he played with last year on the islanders some of them weren't even born when he broke into the national hockey league so pretty impressive career for zedano chara and congratulations to uh yandel chara and suban on their retirement and best of luck to them as they move into the next chapter of their lives. We have got more to get to. Week one of the preseason, first preseason games getting underway. Rachel and I will discuss the best games of the weekend and break it all down for you when we come back on the Locked On NHL podcast. So are you ready for some hockey, Rachel? I am. Like I said earlier, uh, I will be going to the Wells Fargo Center on Saturday for the Flyers preseason opener against the very Boston Bruins that we were just talking about. And I think it should be an interesting matchup because it'll be the first game with John Tortorella behind the bench. Or actually, I don't know if he'll be behind the bench. Maybe he'll watch this one from upstairs and have somebody else run it down on ice level. But 
certainly the first game with him as the head coach. And there's a lot of questions. Uh, he raised a lot of interesting points after the first day of training camp as to giving some of the younger guys some opportunities. So we'll see if that plays out. Um, and then, of course, we know that Boston has a bunch of injuries to contend with. So we'll see which of their younger guys may slot in instead as well. Yeah, and, the, you know, the first few preseason games especially, you're going to see a lot of prospects. You're going to see, you know, maybe five or six veterans and maybe, you know, 10 or 12 prospects and and, and just sort of see what those young players can do, give them a taste of life in the NHL. And, and you know, for people who follow their teams very closely, that's always an interesting angle. And, you know, you have a couple of other games on Saturday, the Senators and the Maple Leafs. Got to love that sort of regional battle uh, of Ontario. And then the Blues and the Coyotes going at it. And uh, Arizona, you know, new 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 arena. Uh It'd be interesting. It will. And uh, for Ottawa and Toronto, especially on the Ottawa side, there have been many changes made to that team over this offseason. And I know for these first games, again, like you said, it's, it's very prospect focused. But, you know, they've had a bunch of draft picks that could be on the precipice of making the team and uh, very interested to see who of the veterans these two teams put out there for those games and uh, what combinations of people. It's a real good chance to experiment, right? With different combinations of people and and just see where people fit. And uh, so I think Saturday should be a, a really fun day before we get into the meat of it on Sunday. And there's a whole slew of games around. Oh yeah. Which one do you have your eyes on the most on Sunday? You know, I got to say Pittsburgh versus Columbus is the big one. Now, first off, it's in the Metro division, which is going to be very tough this year. And I think that neither team is going to want to show their hand too much. And, and you know, there's a lot of prospects to take a look at, of course. And I'm especially curious on the Columbus side because they had a number of draft picks this year. And, you know, is David Juracek going to be on this team heading into the season? And I kind of want to see him, you know, up against NHL talent and and see what he looks like out there. Uh, I don't know if Johnny Goudreau will be out there for the first uh, preseason game. Uh, I, it's a question mark for me, but and as of recording, we don't know. But uh, I think that uh, that'll be very weird, but very cool to see. And, you know, uh, in the evening, Flames and the Canucks. Nice battle between two Canadian teams and uh, a lot of changes up in Calgary this offseason. A lot of changes, especially after Goudreau left, right? So what are those ex-Panthers going to look like <laughs> in the Calgary system? And, you know, again, with these two teams, I think that trying to read the tea leaves as to who is are getting the chances here are they going to want to put the top prospects out right away or is this a chance for kind of the lower level ones to get that game action and then they'll kind of put them to the side right and i think 
that for for both Calgary and Vancouver, there's a slew of guys that aren't NHL ready, and maybe this is just their one shot to get a, a chance at it, putting on the uniform and going out there and getting the experience. Yeah, and and it's all valuable experience at that. I always love this battle. Uh, Northern California versus Southern California, the Sharks and the Kings also going at it. And we get to see sort of the next step in San Jose's rebuild while the Kings are trying to build on last year's playoff, surprising playoff appearance. Sort of two teams at different stages of, of where they're at right now, but always a nice matchup when those two teams go at it. Yeah, and I, I think that one of the things that surprised a lot of people um, or was impressive to many people was how the LA Kings performed last season and making the playoffs maybe one year out, you know, ahead of, of what people might have predicted. And, you know, they picked up Kevin Fiala. And so, you know, where is he going to slot in here? And then kind of what prospects are going to get a chance here is uh, Quentin Byfield going to excel are they going to just put all the kids together out there you know of course they've got Akil Thomas and um, I think you know the bigger questions for me for the Kings are on the defensive side but uh, you know I'm not sure where their defensemen are in their development but this will be a good chance to check that out as well. And then the the latest game on Sunday night is uh, on NHL Network as well, but uh, the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. And it, it's been a rough offseason in Vegas. It is. It, it, they continue to kind of be their own worst enemy from the cap perspective, and that's going to affect what they can do on the ice. And so, you know, they're going to – perhaps have to depend on some young kids that maybe weren't ready, but are going to have to step up. And so I think for Vegas, uh, this is kind of a make or break year. Yeah. Uh, if they don't get back into the playoffs this year, you get the feeling they may have to break it down and build it back up again, but we'll see. It, it's going to be an interesting year in Vegas to say the least. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Rachel, I know you're looking forward to being at the game this weekend, so uh, a little live hockey for you, so that is something to look forward to. I will be back on a Monday show with uh, three of our local experts going over some of the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. She's Rachel Donner. You can find her on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm Gil Martin. I'm on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Have a great weekend, everybody, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL Podcast.